You know, Brittany, nothing gives me naked confidence like hitting the gym first thing in the morning. The rush, the endorphins, it just sets the tone for the entire day. Ooh, I like that. Naked confidence. Yeah. It's all about the perfect playlist for me. The right music can uplift my mood instantly. Mm, you know what a close second is for me? What's that? Not stinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I use Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. It's like a secret weapon against odor powered by mandelic acid. Yeah, you're odor-free for up to 72 hours. I love how Lumi tackles every odor concern with natural ingredients, and I appreciate its versatility. I've tried it everywhere, from pits to feet. It never disappoints. Plus, it's baking soda-free and pH-balanced for safe use. And the fact that it's clinically proven to block odor all day, well, that's a game changer. Definitely. And with Lumi Starter Pack, new customers can get $5 off with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. It's a great deal for a fresh start. Don't miss out on feeling confident everywhere you go. Visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC for a special discount. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Cheers to confidence with Lumi. You're listening to The Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. I think they have to say recording in progress just because there's a lot of perverts out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start recording without your, yeah. I think COVID changed Zoom. Let's jump to right it. into it. Um, okay, so. What a way to start a podcast. We have um, two amazing guests today, uh, Vanessa and Xander Marin. So, Vanessa, I love your little bio. Every time we have guests on the show, we asked them to send just a little bio, a little edification. And I loved the part that it was like, Vanessa is a registered sex therapist and her husband, Xander, is a regular dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it, man. Hey, listen, being a regular dude. It's important. It, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's hard work. You, <laughs> it is. Such hard work. Right. Can you guys give us, um, can you give us a little rundown about who you are, what you're about, how you've kind of blown up in this space of, of social media? Yeah. So we have a business together where, where we help couples take their sex lives and relationships from ordinary to extraordinary. Um, I started off in the field originally. I always knew I wanted to be a sex therapist. I started off working with people one-on-one and then very quickly realized like online courses is a much better option for sex therapy because it's such a vulnerable topic. Like people don't want to go into an office and talk about it in person. And so we kind of had a long, long story of how the business came to be. But basically Xander started me out with little things here and there and the business really started picking up. We were having a lot of fun working together and uh, ended up kind of doing it full time. And then just like in the last year or two, Xander started working on the content side of things with me before he had just been doing like the operational back end of things. Yeah. And that was actually a really big shift for me because Vanessa's for a long time has been telling me like, I would love to have you more involved with the content. Like we can, you know, just talk together. People are going to respond better to like a real life couple than to just Vanessa as the professional. And for so long, I was just like, no, I'm, you know, I don't have any qualifications. It was, you know, kind of this like imposter syndrome thing. Like who, yes. who 
am I, who am I to be giving people advice? But um, yeah, I just started, you know, leaning into it a little bit more. And yeah, the feedback that we've gotten has just been so great. I, yeah, I've really come to realize and trust that like, I actually do have, I do have valuable the regular stuff, dude perspective. stuff to say. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I think that's the thing that's with a lot of, you know, psychology and relationship stuff is like, there's what the experts say. And mm-hmm. then the, you know, the immediate kind of like retort that people have is like, okay, that sounds good. But like, how do I do this in real life? Right. That's yeah. A big so at this point thing. now, yeah, we have like a whole bunch of online courses about really common challenges like female orgasm and mismatched sex drives. Um, and we're really active on Instagram in particular. We're always doing like stories every single day, trying to help couples talk about sex and relationships more openly and just having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Before before we like really get into it, um, we do this thing on our show called I Love You and You're Annoying and everybody and our listeners know, but if you, did you guys read a little blurb or do you want to yeah. Okay, perfect. Who wants right. to go first? We don't we don't care about like we know you love each other. We just want to hear the sex dirt. is epic. So yeah, like <laughs> let us know the dirt. So who wants to go first? You want to drag me first? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So so Vanessa, Vanessa makes a protein smoothie every day, but it's really kind of like a protein sludge. Like it's really thick. And she loves to just like leave it in the blender afterwards. So like we bought a new type of blender so that you could wash the cup without having to deal with the the blades and stuff. And Vanessa loves to just put it into the sink. Like she knows that it needs to be clean, but she won't rinse it out. And so an hour later, it's just like cement. That's right. Yeah. yeah um, I have two. I thought That's it was not second right. one. That's not right. That That's is- pretty. <laughs> and that is so annoying. It's so annoying. You do it all the time. <laughs> I concur. Absolutely agree. It is annoying. I I admit it is annoying too. Uh, Okay. I have two. First one is Xander loves to give me all the details on his poops. Like... (sighs) how it went it was a difficult one or a good one that take a long time was it fast and oh i actually God. am like kind of interested in poop talk i'm not like a super grossed out about it maybe but, like, that's why i do it sometimes the level of detail is just like i don't i don't need to know that necessary. Much. right i really don't need to know that much um and at then least I, I don't leave the door open <laughs> you don't leave the door open fortunately i am yeah, i right. leave the door open all I'm the like, time for number ones not for twos yes you do no i don't Actually, you're, you're, it's right, but you don't lock it. Like, no, you, why you would just, I like, lock it? kind of close it. And I'm like, are you literally <laughs> shitting? Or sometimes you'll sit down, like, if we're in the middle of a conversation and, like, whatever, you're peeing, I don't care. But then it'll go. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, are you shitting right now? <laughs> and he was like, well, I didn't mean to. I'm like, oh my God, like, give me a heads up. <laughs> I didn't mean like, to. Dude, I just like, left and fell I get onto it. the toilet. <laughs> I get it. It can come. It can come if you, were, if you weren't expecting it, but just be like, yo, B, can we? Can we just kind of help this conversation? I didn't want to just be aware of it by the strict slap in the face with the smell. Like, it, I feel like it was a little rude. Sometimes I feel like I'm like eight because as soon as you start talking about pooping, I started laughing. Like, I can't. I just hear the word poop and I think it's hilarious. Poops and farts. Oh, it's going to be a good show. You want to you. You win Ryan Osby over? Talk about poops and farts. That's that's a brilliant. I, I love you and you're annoying. He talks about his, his poops a lot. Okay. That's but you said you had two. You said yeah. you had two. Oh, I do a second one. Um, Xander is really bad at multitasking. And so, and I feel like I'm pretty good at multitasking, even though I know there's all this research about how multitasking doesn't actually work. But I was just remembering the other day we were having a a conversation in the kitchen and he was trying to take a plate from the countertop over to, into the sink and he literally just stood in front of the sink holding the plate i took a picture 
picture of him because he was just standing there for so long. So there's this great picture of him just like looking at me confused, like what? What am I doing? <laughs> standing there with the plate over the sink. That's how engaged I am in our conversation. Oh, oh. that's good. I know, I know the around. answer. I know the answer to this one. I like that's that. Good. Yeah, men, that's I think it's a male thing. Like not being a multitasker. It's it's confusing when you have to try to do two things at one time. Something's got to give. We always compare that to like we both used to serve, and I worked at like a busy bar where I had like a bajillion tables, and like I thrived in that. It was like very tongue in cheek with the servers, or whatever. And Ryan worked at more of an upscale restaurant where the max tables he would have is four, and he would come home and be like, "Holy fuck." I had five tables today and I was dying. And so I was, busy. He was like, I, it was, it was the worst. So, I didn't know what I was doing. So hard. I'm like, I once I had like 15 tables, like all at once. And like when I have two, I'm like so bored. I could throw up five tables is 20 people. You got to remember 20 things. <laughs> That's a lot. Xander would just be like trying to take an order, holding a plate, like not really. I don't know how server, I don't know how servers do it without notes. I literally took notes at the table. Hey, Ryan. Yes? You stink. Um, okay. I stink too, don't worry. Everyone actually stinks, and it's normal to have body odor, just in case you needed a reminder. Okay, thank you for that. But the best part is, you don't have to stink. (laughs) Just try Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. You're right. And Lumi's powered by mandelic acid, tackling odor for 72 hours from pits to feet, even private areas. It's incredible. Over 300,000 five-star reviews, and you can literally use it everywhere. And the scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or my personal favorite, toasted coconut, make it refreshing. Plus, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's over 40% off. Stay confident from head to toe with Lumi. Try it with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's code TLC at L-U-M-E-D-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Stay fresh, everyone. Guys, have you tried the new wellness shots from Good Vibes Juice? We have, and they're amazing. Perfect for boosting immunity and feeling great. Good Vibes Juice makes all-natural wellness shots with ingredients that support your immune system. And they honestly taste good. Plus, they're great to have before you feel sick or even to help you recover faster. It's like having Granny's homemade remedy, but conveniently pre-made. They have three different shots to choose from, Sick Day, Get Well, and Turmeric Daily. The Sick Day shot has echinacea and ginger, known for fighting off colds and boosting immunity. The Get Well shots feature elderberry, a superfood ingredient that helps increase immunity, and the Turmeric Daily has turmeric and chamomile. My personal favorite is the Turmeric Daily. It has turmeric and chamomile, which for me, having recently turned 40, is great for anti-inflammatory and calming properties. What's great is that these shots are all natural with no preservatives or additives. You can take them as a shot or mix them with hot water for a soothing tea. And here's the best part. Visit goodvibeswithansjuice.com and use promo code TLC to get free shipping and 20% off your first order. That's www.goodvibesjuice.com with promo code TLC. Let's boost our immunity and feel great with Good Vibes Juice. Shout out to Claritin for providing samples and sponsoring this episode. Full disclosure, I was listening to you talk the other day and I was thinking to myself, why does he sound that way? And then I remembered that it's allergy season and that's just your voice because you're so stuffed up. Ah, yes, the old allergy congested accent. 
Luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Oh, perfect. So I won't have to listen to you speak like this for the next few weeks. What? You're not into it? It's not uh, not endearing? No comment. Designed for serious allergy sufferers like Ryan. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. Claritin D tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. So convenient. Just ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. And remember, only use as directed. But let's go back to the podcast. Let's go talk because this is about this is my favorite subject matter. I don't know surprise, if you know surprise. this. <laughs> I like poop and I like sex and I like talking about both of those two not things. At the same time. <laughs> not at the same time. <laughs> the Cleveland Steamer, not or at maybe. the same time. No, hey, hey, some people are into that. I'm not, but thank God. Some people are. Oblivious. You said at the very beginning. The very beginning of this podcast, you said you always knew you wanted to be a sex therapist. How does someone know that they <laughs> want to be a sex therapist? I want to be a sex therapist. So for me, it really traced back to my parents' attempt at giving me the talk. Oh, okay. um, I remember like it being, it was incredibly awkward as just about everybody's you know experience with the talk was. Um, I had a really close, open relationship with my parents. And I just remember seeing the horrified looks on their faces, their version of the talk was my mom saying, like, if you have any questions about sex, you can ask us. But it was it was so obvious that what she was really saying is, please do not ask us anything. We don't want to talk about this. Like, don't say anything. And I was very curious at the time. I was like 11 or 12. I did have a lot of questions I wanted to ask them. Um, I think you guys will appreciate this. But I had just like like right around that time, I had made a bet on the playground at school about how many holes a woman had down there. And I lost an entire dollar because I said two. Mm. My friend knew he was a guy later found out that he was a gay guy. And he had, he said there were three. He knew better than I did. Very well educated. Yeah. So That's I, a trick question technically, because <laughs> you might not have assumed he was talking about the butt included. <laughs> Just saying. Trying yeah. to help you, trying to get to your dollar. It's a tricky That's question all. for an 11 year old. Yeah, I didn't have any idea that a sex therapy existed as a career back then, but that memory just really cemented in my brain and in my heart. Like, why is that so embarrassing? Like, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, ask these questions. And so as I got older, it was something that I just kept coming back to this idea of like, I want to help people talk about sex and not be so embarrassed about it. Right. I like that. Well, they say that, and then you, you would know this better than I would. They would say, they say, they, who are they? But they, whoever they are said that there's the two biggest reasons for divorce is sex and money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and set people. And those two subject matters are very difficult to talk about. People do not feel comfortable talking to a stranger about their financial situation. Mm-hmm. And they do not feel comfortable talking to a stranger about their sexual situation. I don't know why. 
Because if those are the two biggest reasons why people divorce, you would think those would be conversations that everybody was having. Not only that, but people are afraid to talk to even their partner about their sex life. I mean, we hear from couples every single day who say, you know, yeah, we just don't talk about it. We've been together 20 years and we haven't Mm -hmm. really had an honest conversation about our sex life. So it's not even just a stranger. It's like the person that you're having that sex with. And we feel so embarrassed to, to acknowledge it out loud. I mean, we've discussed this before, but. I feel like a lot of the times um, couples in particular don't like to speak about things like sex because I mean, there's multiple different reasons, but it's almost like sometimes you don't want to make your partner wrong or you don't know how to like approach a situation. If maybe they're not fulfilling a need or, you know, you might not be fulfilling a need and it's hard to approach those conversations without making the other person quote unquote wrong. So it's so good. We always try to like talk to our community to like bring outside help in because you can only do so much between you two. It really takes somebody else who has like a non-biased opinion, who has expertise that can give you suggestions. So we're going to, we're going to go into some of the questions that you guys have maybe suggested that we need to speak about, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. So the first one you said um, was very interesting. It's how to balance mismatch sex drives. And this is huge because I feel like they're never the same. That's kind of like, step one is really normalizing that every couple has mismatched sex drives. I think mm-hmm. we hear that phrase and we get really freaked out about it. Like, oh, we're incompatible. Like right. we're not a good fit for each other. But the reality is like, you're never going to find a partner who wants it the exact same time that you do every single time you do. And the same kind of sex in those mm-hmm. moments too. So they're always going to be incompatibilities. And if we, we like kind of normalize that and bring the anxiety levels around it and recognize recognize, oh, you know, if my partner's saying that they're interested, that doesn't mean in that exact second, I have to be wildly interested too, you know? So that's so much pressure to put on ourselves. So instead we try to think about you know, what are ways that you can get yourself, you know, open to connecting with your partner, even if you're not having that immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. And then another really important piece of this is understanding your sex drive type. So there are actually two sex drive types. They boil down to where you feel desire first in your head or in your body. So oh. we actually have a free guide about this that we can give you guys the link to so people yeah. can download it. It goes, It's really extensive and it goes into like, you know, understanding, identifying which type you are what your type needs to get turned on. But this is another like huge game changing piece of information for people because so many of us expect that we're just supposed to be like turned on out of nowhere, you know, when our partner gets us going. And so one of the types in particular, so if you've ever noticed yourself like in the middle of sex or even at the end of sex, if you find yourself thinking like, huh, this is pretty fun. Like, why don't I want to do this more often? Then you are responsive sex drive type. So a lot of people think like something's wrong with them or they're broken in some way, but it's not. You just have a different sex drive type than what you're probably expecting to have. Okay. So it's responsive versus what's the other one called? Spontaneous is the first one. And I actually don't love that because I feel like everybody thinks our sex drives are supposed to be spontaneous, but basically Uh where they boil down to is where you feel desire first in your head or in your body. So responsive types will feel it in their bodies first. And then mentally, that's when that like kicks in later. Like, huh, this is feeling good. Why do I not want this more often versus spontaneous types? They'll feel it. They'll feel that mental interest in sex. And so a lot of people are like, well, that just sounds better. Why can't I be that type? Yeah, yeah. But for spontaneous types, their bodies sometimes need a little bit of time to like 
join along with the party. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times spontaneous people will have performance issues because their head's like, yeah, ready to go. But their body's like, "Mm, a little more time. Hey guys, this episode is proudly sponsored by The Spark Box, a seasonal family subscription service that curates items for mamas and babies. Each box includes four high-quality developmental tools for your little one, which are specifically tailored to their age and developmental stage. This is so important because as a mom, we are our baby's first teachers, and it can be daunting at times trying to figure out which toys and tools will be the most impactful in the early years. The box also includes full-sized health and wellness products specifically catered for mama. This would be such an incredible gift for a friend, a wife, a sister, you name it. If you use code TLC, you'll get 15% off your purchase and a free gift valued at $45 Canadian. The Spark Box is available from pregnancy to 2T with the option to purchase just the mama items as well. I also want to mention that the Spark Box supports local and small businesses when they curate the items inside, which I just think is incredible, especially during this past year. Boxes ship across Canada and the US. Once again, use code TLC for 15% off. Back to the show. I feel like I know where I'm at. Uh, I'm a little confused because I feel like I am, I'm very much like my brain has to be in it. Like I can't just be like immediately, like I'm, I'm touched. I'm there. Like it's all a mental thing for me. We can all, yeah, we can all experience like both types at different times. Nobody is like a hundred percent one of the types and you can have it at different extremes. Like there might be somebody who's way more of a responsive type versus somebody who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like in that in that um ballpark but it's not like as strong as it might be for someone else yes because you will say and and correct me if i'm wrong when we're when we're into the thick of it and we're we're going through the the (laughs) motions so to speak you all you always enjoy the motions it's not the act of sex that you don't enjoy i have to like it's just you gotta get there. there yeah i do I feel like I'm like a billion different people in the day. And I like at night, I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. And then I'm like, oh, I have to put on my sex hat. My sex hat. And it sounds weird, <laughs> but like you do. I, for me, I have to be in the mental state for that. It's hard. Well, it does sound like that. that's kind of responsive because your body can be responding to it. Yeah. You know, you might be noticing like physiological reactions that you're having to it, but your brain's sort of like, mm, hold on, hold on. I need a little bit more time. So yeah. your body's like having that response first. Your brain's taking a little bit more time to join the party. Yeah. It's like your body has to convince your brain to, you know, forget about all the other stuff going on before your brain. That's, gets yes. that's you. It's so that's true. you. But the problem is, is if the brain doesn't shut off then the body just says no. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what I we get. We get in a, like a, a crossroads because Ryan for his brain to shirt shut off. He's like, well, let's just have sex. I'm like, well, that's not. I have sex to yeah. turn my yeah. brain off. I masturbate to turn my brain off. There's an extra wrinkle on top of all of this, which is, you know, is just the um, anxiety level in our brains or the thoughts that are constantly running through our brains. So everyone, you know, regardless of what kind of sex drive type you have, like you're going to have these sort of mental struggles with, yeah. can I be present in the moment? Can I let go of that mile long to-do list that I have? Or right. like I've been in mom mode all day and now I'm trying to transition into like sexy partner yes. mode or dad it's- mode all day to try to transition so that's kind of like an extra wrinkle on top of all of it too for sure now one of the things you said before getting into the different uh, identities or personalities sex drive wise is the mismatch of i'm ready she's not ready my sex drive is higher her sex drive isn't higher you said that you help couples there's some things that you guys do tools that you guys have to help people get into that switch of the mood is there I know everybody's different and that's why people come to you individually, 
but as a as an overarching kind of i'm sure you run into very similar situations on a regular basis is there a way that you can get somebody to here's what i'm asking because and it's weird to ask this question because if someone doesn't want to have sex i want to have sex Brittany doesn't want to have sex i don't want to have sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with me it's weird Right. To force your wife to want to have sex with you is weird to me. So I don't, I, I, I resist. And then I go into another room and I shut my brain off some other way, but, <laughs> but, but at the some same token, way. but at the same token, the other side is true. You've got someone who's, who's not being fulfilled in an, in an area that's extremely important. So where is that balance and how do you balance it in a way? Because eventually there's going to be resist a, a resentment at some point in time between the two mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, so I think a great place to start is separate from sex, you know, outside of the bedroom, is to have a conversation with each other where you ask each other, what kinds of environments or situations or dynamics do you like to have in place to help you feel open to intimacy? And we really like using the word open because we think so many of us have this expectation that sexual desire should feel like burning, passion, animalistic, like I can't help myself. And that's not always what it feels like. That's actually pretty rarely what it feels like for a lot of people. So I think even just using the word open creates a lot more spaciousness around it. Yeah. Cause otherwise you might feel like, oh, well, like in order for me to be in order for me to be wanting it, like I have to have all the to-do list done. I have to like, you know, I have to check everything off the list or else that, you know, I could never shut my brain off versus mm-hmm. being like, okay, I still have things on my list, but like, you know, maybe I, I could be open to this and that, you know, I can crack the door open a little, so to speak. Yeah. That's not me. Shutting off the to-do list is not me. Like I have a huge to-do list, but that's not me. Mine is more like, and we literally have this argument all the time on the podcast. Like his, um, love language is touch surprise. My mind is acts of service. And we actually like true start. We got in a huge fight a little while ago because I was like, I I kept asking for help in my love language. I really needed help with the freaking laundry. Like, and I wasn't in the mood that night because I was just stressed out with how much I was trying to balance. And he was like, are you telling me that I'm not getting laid because of fucking laundry? And I was like, well, yep. <laughs> yeah, a little. You guys have to go check out. We have a whole bunch of chore play reels that we have created that I think you guys really like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I mean, what you're speaking to is just like the individuality of it is that yeah. we all have different things, you know, that we need for us to feel that openness. So we like to think of desire as having like a drive mode and a reverse mode. So we want to think about both of those kinds of dynamics. Like what are the things that actively get me going? And what are the things that get in the way that I'm like, it's not even that I'm not turned on. I'm like, I do not want to have sex. Okay. Right. And so if we think about like, you know, try to get creative and think back to like, okay, what is it that genuinely helps me? You know what? When I have like even five minutes of alone time to myself, yeah. I feel recharged. I feel excited. Maybe it's like when we are having a deep conversation, like talking about something meaningful other than just how was your day today? Fine. How was yours? Right. Um, maybe it's, Hey, I love when we get to be like silly and goofy together. We put on our favorite song and we like dance around together, mm-hmm. you know? So really trying to identify those specific dynamics. And then it, it feels like the two of you can be a team in making those things happen. Right. I think the I think the thing that I struggle with, and I think that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to the, being the person who has the, the greater or heavier sex drive than the other is when you're doing these acts of service or these honey do lists or whatever, at some point in time, 
you have to come to the realization that I'm putting this laundry away to get sex. It makes people like me feel like if I'm a good boy, I get what I want. And it's so weird to me. It's so weird to me that I've got to do things to get check marks to be able to get what I want. It's like at some point in time, this is why we got in a fight. At some point in time, it's like if, if I know your love language is cleaning the dishes and you know my love language is sex and I clean the dishes and you don't give me sex, does that mean you're ignoring my love language? And if you're ignoring my love language, does that actually mean you don't love me? And it's a real conversation because nobody wants to do a chore in order to get something. Physical touch is such a huge part of a relationship. Mm -hmm. I just don't okay. want to feel so, like a guy's going to do checklist. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. So, okay. So there are two kinds of people in the world and I'm going to guess who you, which type you guys each are. <laughs> so I'm going to guess Ryan, you're the kind of person who wants to have sex in order to feel connected. Yes. And Brittany, my guess is that you like to feel connected in order to want to have sex. Correct. So in all relationships, it's like there's one partner who is one of each type. Yes. And I think, you know, what often happens in relationships is that we feel like we get into this um, standstill with each other, like whose thing gets to come first. It's like, yeah. well, I want to feel connected first. Well, I want to so have true. sex and then I'll feel connected, you know, and you just like feel like you're butting heads with yeah. each other. But I think it's really valuable for us to recognize, like, I'm sure you both want both things. You Absolutely. both want to feel connected. You both want to have sex. And with sex in particular, I think there's a way that we, you know, we write it off as like just being a purely physical thing. Like mm -hmm. oh, he just wants to get off. He just wants to have an orgasm. She just wants to, you know, have some fun, whatever it is. But I think if we recognize like it's a, it plays such a huge role in connection. So Ryan, for you, I wonder if like, I totally get what you're saying that it feels like, hmm, am I like doing these chores and being a good boy? And then I get this, but I think if you sort of reframe it as I'm doing these things because this is what helps Brittany feel connected to me. Yeah, it's like I'm doing these things to connect with her. Mm -hmm. Brittany, that might be an opportunity for you to like share more with him about like, how does, yeah. How does him doing right. laundry make you feel connected to him? And I'm glad you said it's, I'm glad you said it's a connection thing because sex is so often a physical thing that people, like you said, you know, you want to get off, you want to get pleasure, all that stuff. That stuff for me is, it feels good, but that's not at all what sex is for me. Sex for me means to me that my partner and I are in sync. It means that we love each other, that we care about each other, that we want the best for each other. And it's the one thing that our it's one thing that nobody can take from us. Nobody can take that time from us. And we choose in that space to be together physically. That's why I love it. And I love the feeling of it, all that fun stuff too. But it's it really, for me, it's the connection. And so when I'm not having sex, I feel disconnected to mm -hmm. my wife, which really starts to trigger all of the other things. Yeah, of course. So it could be really interesting for you to share more with Brittany about like, what is that emotional connection that you feel with her? Like, could you describe it in, in different words in more detail so that, you know, she understands what that feels like for you? And yeah, I mean, you said a few minutes ago, you're like, I don't want to have sex with her. If she doesn't want to have sex with me. Like that's the, the prime indicator of like, it's not just about the pure physical pleasure, yeah. like wanting to experience something with her. So sharing more details of like, what does that experience feel like for you? For a lot of couples that we work with, um, like there are a lot of types of physical touch or physical intimacy. Some of them are sex and some of them are not sex. And in for, you know, in a lot of couples, 
there's there's not a lot of physical intimacy that is that isn't sex because they're not having very much sex and so then whenever there starts to be any kind of like physical intimacy like cuddling or kissing you know Touching. you know the higher sex drive partner kind of goes immediately for mm-hmm. sex because they're like this is my chance this is my chance <laughs> to have sex and then the lower sex drive partner goes okay wait i don't want to give physical intimacy because every time i do Mm, my partner tries to have pushes for sex with me. And so (laughs) we always try to advise people to try to like decouple these two things. And so to, you know, always incorporate non-sexual physical touch, you know, very regularly into your relationship, because that can actually, that can feel, that can really satisfy the physical touch Mm -hmm. partner. And then, you know, they they can be feeling that connection, you know, and then, and then have sex on top of that, you Mm -hmm. know, in a separate situation. So spooning doesn't always lead to forking. Uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should not. That's brilliant. <laughs> but um, I, I love that. I love that you said that, Xander. Um, okay, so I have this question that I feel like we should get into because I feel like it's going to be like the big one, the big O. The big O. <laughs> um, and it's no. we can kind of like end with. But you had said why well, everything you have been taught about female orgasms is wrong. What? Pardon? <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> Oh we have a big audience. Most of it's female. Yeah. So let's talk about the female. Oh, shall Please we? Explain. Yes. Yeah. So I think a female orgasm is something that is very misunderstood and is really not given the respect that it deserves. But it, it does tie in a lot about what we've been talking about with sex drive, because the majority of women are not experiencing orgasms on a regular basis with their partner. And we have to think about the connection between our desire for sex and our enjoyment of it. So mm. orgasm isn't the only way that you enjoy sex, but if you think about the sex that you're having and you're thinking like, I'm not really getting anything out of it. Doesn't feel good for me. I'm left feeling like something's wrong with me or I'm broken because I'm not having orgasms. Like why would you crave sex? That doesn't make any sense. Mm. Right. So if we address, you know, having experiencing more female pleasure, more orgasm, that kind of naturally feeds into increasing your sex drive as well. But one of the most important things that I want to share with you guys today is a lot of us have the expectation that women should be able to orgasm from intercourse alone, right? right? Like that's how we always see it in the movies in porn, TV shows, everything. And so a lot of women feel like something's horribly wrong with them or broken about them because this Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. So what I like to talk about is nerve endings. So for female pleasure, the center of the universe for female pleasure is the clitoris. The clitoris is... Yeah, eight to 9,000 nerve endings in the entire clitoris, which is a very small organ compared to the penis, only two to 3,000 nerve endings. Wow. Ladies, you have it way better. Yeah, Yeah. we actually do have it way better. We have way more nerve endings. But if you think about, you know, a, a heterosexual couple having intercourse, the woman's getting stimulation in her vagina, right? The yeah. vagina has so few nerve endings, you can't even find a proper scientific tally. Like think about childbirth. It's already painful enough. Why would you want to have more nerve endings right. in there, right? So what I like to say is intercourse for a woman, if we're talking from a nerve ending standpoint, intercourse for a woman is like the equivalent of playing with a guy's knee, let's say. <laughs> like let's imagine some alternate universe where we define sex Sex is like a guy rubbing a woman's clitoris with his right. balls or with his knee. So like she's getting that stimulation yes. that he needs and and he's not though. Yeah. So like imagine how ridiculous it would be for us to say to the guy like, 
I mean, you're getting your testicles. Rubbed. Like, why are you not having an orgasm? Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe your penis is like rubbing a little bit of something. Yeah, you're and- like a little, maybe a little yeah. something. Like, why aren't you orgasming? Why is the male orgasm so hard? That is you know? funny. But, so it sounds ridiculous, but like, that's what we're doing to women, yeah. making women feel bad about why can't you just orgasm from penetration? It would be so much easier if you did. Why do we have to find the clitoris? It's so mm-hmm. hard. It's so complicated. Where is it? Right in the top, guys. I also feel like every, every <laughs> right the top. group has, like, you're right. It's everywhere. It's in movies. It's important. So you think that that's what you grow up with. But I also feel like every friend group has that one friend who also, is like that. And I, I mean, the majority of my friends, like I would say like 90% of my friends cannot, including my, like, in, to be completely honest, including myself. And, and for a very long time, I thought that there was something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. I think that it has become so much more open now to talk about that women are talking about it more and it's becoming less of like a hush hush, you, you're embarrassed mm-hmm. about it because it's it's so normal. And I just love the used analogy of his knee. That is so funny. <laughs> I never oh thought God. of it that way. That's funny. That's, uh, I mean, I do enjoy my knee being touched. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very sensual. It's, it's lovely. So, but so, I don't think I'm an orgasm. So let me ask you this question because I think it all ties in together. I truly believe that a female needs to know how to pleasure herself in order for her to teach her spouse or partner how to pleasure her. Men, historically, since since we found out that we were able to ejaculate, have been masturbating every day in private since then. (laughs) Nobody seems to care that men masturbate. It's this big taboo for women to talk about masturbation and i truly believe that the keys to the kingdom is for women to masturbate more would you agree or disagree with that i absolutely agree yeah yeah you got it i mean people always say you know oh why is female orgasm so much harder than men it's not it's just that you know one the way that we have sex prioritizes male pleasure over female pleasure and two that as women we're not given the same opportunity to explore our bodies and explore what brings us pleasure as men are like it's Mm. so taboo to talk about female masturbation we're taught that you know our genitals are they're weird and they're icky and they smell bad why would you even want to touch them you know i've worked with um clients who take our our online orgasm course finishing school who are like in their 70s and say i've never touched my body, even in the shower, washing myself off, no. I feel so ashamed because I feel like I'm, you know, not supposed to do this. Yeah. And so I think if we, you know, had that same level of, uh, not that like male masturbation is like super accepted, but it's, it's definitely not as much of a taboo. It's accepted know, right? behind closed doors. Yeah, behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows his body masturbates. <laughs> yeah. So if we treated female masturbation in the same way and, you know, women felt like, yeah, I, I can explore my body and figure out what I like and what works for me, then we would not have any sort of issues with an orgasm gap or female orgasm being so hard. Yeah, I think the other the other thing that I always think about as well as, you know, like guys start masturbating probably mostly when they start going through puberty. And yeah. I know for me, at least like it wasn't like it wasn't like I had an orgasm my first time. Like it took no one taught me how to do it. Right. I figured it out over, you know, a decent period of time. I started realizing what worked for me. I just started doing that at a much younger age, you know, if women have never had that same experience by the time they become sexually active, a guy already knows exactly what he needs in order to come. And, you know, and and she doesn't. So it's like, 
you know, it is, it is fine and normal that it takes a while for like for you to figure out what you need. It's just mm-hmm. most guys for them, that was like years and years ago. And they've right. totally forgotten about that time. Cause they were like 13 and like hiding in the room. <laughs> yeah. A lot of women, like, you know, adult women, they will hear the advice. Okay. I've got to masturbate. I've got to figure it out. And then they'll go and put their hands between their legs. And they're like, I didn't have an orgasm within 15 seconds. Like what's wrong with me? You know, guess it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work. And so that's why we, you know, I feel so passionate about like really teaching step-by-step techniques to women and, and encouraging women, like give yourself time to explore. Mm. You're not going to figure it out the first time, the second time, the 10th time, like it takes time. Yeah. And so it's we can take that, like, that performance pressure off of ourselves and, and sure. give ourselves that space. Like you're going to learn. Yeah. One of the things that Britt and I talk about on the podcast on a regular basis, we call it our conditions of satisfaction. It's like, th- these are the things that I need to be considered satisfied. We talk about it in the house and with the laundry, this or that. And work can, can, and parenting. Yeah, and parenting. And, all and the hats yeah. that you wear. Conditions of satisfaction should be stated in the bedroom. You want, at the end of the day, for your partner to be pleasured. So to your point, they want to be pleasured more frequently. But men, I think the hardest part for men is if someone has to tell us how to do it, then we feel like we don't know how, what we're doing. That's not true. Each woman's different. Each woman has a different set of rules. It's like the uh, friends button, seven, six, seven, 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 seven. seven, seven, seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. You gotta, you gotta, talk. You, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. figure it out. Um, Masturbation is not a bad thing. No, not at all. That's yeah. really like the theme of the this episode. episode is going to be called "Masturbation is a Good Thing." Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> Vanessa and Xander, can you um, just let everybody know where they can find you um, if they want some more information? Yeah, we would love to connect with any of your listeners. Um, we'll give you two places to find us. First is on Instagram. We're at Vanessa Marin Therapy. And we do stories together every day. And we really encourage couples to have like both partners in the couple watch. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is really to help make it easier to talk about sex in your relationship. So a lot of couples will tell us like, oh, you know, we'll watch your stories. And even if it's something that doesn't apply to us, we can still use that to open up a conversation. It just makes it feel like we can talk about this the same way we talk about what do you want for dinner? Mm -hmm. Hopefully not exactly like that, since that's usually kind of an annoying conversation. (laughs) I want to eat out, you know. I don't know. What do you want? Yeah, come find us there, shoot us a DM and let us know you heard about us on the podcast. Yeah, also, if you want any of those free guides that we were talking about, those are all at vmtherapy.com slash free. So yeah, you can pick and choose whichever freebies you want and um, you'll get on our email list as well. And we send like weekly kind of digests of all the good stuff that we've been working on. Amazing. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been like... I feel I, like we owe you money. Like, yeah. I feel like it's been like a personal It's been session. a personal session for us. <laughs> oh my God. So thank you for Not that. That's a kneecap yes. of yeah. it. Thank you. We really yeah, appreciate thank it, guys. Thanks, guys. Have awesome. a great evening. Take care, guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. That was really fun. everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group, and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. 
Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how. And work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey!